Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Sue Omenson. Our guest today is Kelly Foster, who teaches the Naperville Park District's workshops on organic gardening. Kelly also works at the Green Earth Institute, a local organic farm that is now part of the Conservation Foundation. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you, Sue. So glad you're here. So most of us think um, organic produce is, is much healthier to eat, but how is organic gardening also healthier for our soil? That's a good question. First, maybe we should look at what's meant by soil health. You might not think that crushed rock, sand, and decaying material could be sick or healthy. Perhaps more accurate terms would be sterile and alive. An interesting fact is that in just a teaspoon of living healthy soil, there are over a billion organisms, from microscopic bacteria, algae, insects, to mites, worms, beetles, ants, fungi, and plant roots. So soil is really a community of organisms where there's a cycle of life, just like above ground, with a hierarchy of prey and predator. There are basically three of these subsystems on Earth. The way I look at it, soil and below ground is one, bodies of water is another, and then the surface dwellers, which we'd be included in. These three subsystems are also inseparably linked and interdependent and support life on Earth as we know it. Now take a look at the definition of organic. This is a little more... Um, obscure, I guess I would say, because there's so many meanings, and everybody understands it a little bit differently. Yeah, I agree. So technically, organic means natural matter or a compound with carbon as its base. So it could be, a, you know, a piece of charcoal, um, you know, a burnt tree or whatever. Um, actually, all life on Earth, anything living, is carbon-based. Enough of the technical and scientific. In our context, we're talking about gardening. Organic has come to mean a natural way of growing food. I think it's important to define what I mean by natural because that also has multiple meanings depending on who you are and what your uh, purpose for using the word is. Simply put, I mean as close to the way that nature grows things as possible. This means keeping organic material and roots in your soil. So to finally actually answer your question, Sue, organic gardening is the least disruptive to nature's communities as possible. It encourages and keeps the supportive communities of soil organisms intact. Oh, that's really helpful. How can someone test to see how healthy their soil is when it's hard for someone who is not an expert in that area to know? And even experts, you can't just pick up the soil and say, oh, yeah, this is healthy. There, there is a smell to soil when it's healthy. It's sort of that slightly sweet kind of thing that you will come to learn as you garden and that kind of thing. But the best way for uh, people to start out with uh, figuring out if their soil is healthy is the Illinois uh, Colleges have a program called the Extension Service. Right, right. I've heard of that. So 
um, on the web, if you go to extension.illinois.edu, and then in their search box on the site there, put in soil testing labs, it'll give you um, a listing of different labs that do the testing. It'll tell you how to do the testing and that kind of thing. Basically, what it is is you go and take a small uh, trowel full of dirt about four to six inches down in a few different spots in your garden, mix that all together in a bucket, and then take one scoop of that and put it in an envelope that they will send you, and then you just seal it and mail it in. And then um, with that, uh, you get the results back. The first page is a very technical listing of all the different um, ingredients of the soil. But the great part of that is the pages behind that, they will actually give you recommendations for what you should add to your soil in order to make it more healthy. And beyond that, the, uh, the Illinois Extension website is a great resource because they also have a, call, a program called Master Gardeners. Mm-hmm. They'll answer questions uh, if you have diseases on some of your plants or some bug that you're trying to figure out. Is it good or bad or how do I get rid of it? It's, it's a very good resource. That's excellent. I know at the park district we have uh, master gardeners who volunteer at our mm-hmm. community garden plots. And they're available for gardeners to consult right. with. And then uh, what are some things, say, that an average person could do at home to improve the soil? Well, first, I do highly recommend that soil test because that will give you a great start uh, with the basics. Um, Then in general, just as you garden through the years and that kind of thing, um, keep composted material on your soil. Keep roots in the soil. So a lot of people will clean out their garden and leave it bare in the winter that actually is not good for it because that slows down the growth of any organisms and that kind of thing in the soil. Because even, believe it or not, over winter in the frozen ground, some of the organisms do reproduce and grow. So if there's roots in there, um, for example, one thing we use at the farm is called winter wheat. And what it does, you plant it in the fall and it grows very slowly and the roots hold the soil together and work with the organisms to keep the soil alive. And in the spring, it you know grows up even further. And then when you're ready to garden, you cut that down. And then you can, depending on the timing, you can leave that on the ground and just kind of stir it into the top and let it decompose. Or you can you know cut it like a, mow, a lawn, cut it down very mm-hmm. low and take it off the garden and put it into a compost pile. Okay, I, I suppose you would want to leave some leaves there too. As that is that part of what you mean by compost or food scraps yes. or what types well, of things? Maybe we should talk a little bit about compost versus mulch too. Oh, sure. Yes. There's so compost is basically broken down mulch, which could be leaves or grass that you cut, you know, from your lawn or wood chips or anything like that, and the um, fact of it being compost means that it has those billions of organisms Mm -hmm. in it which have been working to break down the leaves or wood chips or grass or food scraps, whatever's in your compost pile. So that you're adding more organisms then to the soil. To summarize then, 
it's good to add that compost and leave the roots in to keep the soil alive to some degree over the winter. So I know you, you know a lot about organic gardening. How did you get started with organic gardening? Well, I got started with gardening with my grandfather. Um, I was raised in California, and when I was old enough to fly by myself, we lived in Northern California. My grandfather lived in Southern California with a huge garden and a glass house Mm -hmm. and everything. So in the summer, I would go down there for a couple weeks, and every morning he would get me out of bed and walk (laughs) out nice and early. The dew was still on. And we would walk around the yard, and he would start talking to me about what different kinds of plants he was growing, and we'd, you know, turn on the sprinklers to keep things going, and he'd talk about, you know, mulch, ground cover, and things like that back then, and just, I loved to go in his greenhouse, because his favorite thing, his specialty, was uh, orchids, Cymbidium orchids. And in this greenhouse, you would walk in, and there would be little misters that would go off, every few minutes and the smell of that healthy moist soil and plants growing i i mean i can even i can smell it right now just as i talk about it but that's what really got me interested and excited about gardening and plants and nature in general and then uh, as i grew up uh, my father put, took me backpacking in the sierras and as we would hike through the sierras he would tell me about the difference between uh, a fir tree and a pine tree and all the different bushes and the animals and, you know, how uh, we'd see a, a, a carcass of a small animal that was killed by a coyote or a mountain lion or something and how that decomposed and then provided food. So um, I guess that's kind of where the organic aspect of it started. And then just watching nature in action, right? And and getting the exactly out in it. exactly seeing that cycle and seeing that you don't really need a lot of input or changes for things to work like they're supposed to. So as I became more educated and went through college and that kind of thing and learned a little bit more about biology and nature and how things scientifically worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then I started not applying some of the insecticides and things like that because I realized I wasn't just killing a particular bug I was after, but many other things Mm -hmm. too. So I think, um, so gardening was from my family, and I should also mention that uh, my mother was a big part of that because I loved to cook. And I would always, you know, be with her at dinner time, and she'd be cooking, and she did a lot of vegetables and casseroles and things like that. Not, you know, not the frozen TV right. dinners and things like that. So, so you liked vegetables as a uh, as you were growing up. Yeah, loved them. So I would um, see the, you know, from the ground the growing plant, and actually see the raspberries or the broccoli or avocados in California. Um, come up and go into a great tasting salad or a casserole or or just fresh vegetables you know so all that whole process I guess kind of got me into the gardening and the education part of it really kind of fine-tuned that to the organic or natural Mm -hmm. aspect of it 
So what do you see as the future of organic gardening? There's a lot of controversy around uh, different kinds of fertilizers and, and herbicides and you know, the economy of it. How do you see it uh, getting stronger or, or yeah. spreading wider or anything? I definitely see it getting stronger because uh, now that Green Earth is part of the Conservation Foundation, I'm seeing um, even more um, aspects to natural and organic. At the farm and in my garden, we're focused on really a pretty small um, aspect of the environment and not always aware of how much effect it has on the other pieces. So with the Conservation Foundation, I've learned much more about um, how things are interconnected and that kind of thing. And uh, at a meeting we had actually the other day, they were talking about how really there's about 80 to 90% of the population supports nature, if you will, and being natural and organic and that kind of thing. It's really more a matter of um, financially, can they actually right. afford to do something about it? So that really encouraged me mm -hmm. because it tells me that everybody has sort of a an instinct, I think, for liking nature and knowing that there is something good about it. So I think that as the as the general education of the organic aspect of growing things um, filters down and out into the population more, I think it's only going to improve and increase. I think we're just seeing really still the beginning of the whole organic and natural movement. Thank you for listening. Be sure to submit your comments, suggestions, and questions for our mailbag segment through our website at naprovilleparks.org forward slash podcasts. Additional information on Naperville Park District programs and services can be found at naprovilleparks.org. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide recreation and park experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.